Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. FM 104's Select Irish with Louise Ty. Select Irish on F104 and each week we chat to an artist about the first gig they ever went to. This week we're joined by Oscar Blue. Hello. Hello, Louise. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you very much for chatting to me. Tell me, what was the first gig you ever went to? I think the first gig I was at was U2. I'm not sure it was at the 360 tour. It was a gig in Croke Park. Um, I think it was. It was the U2 360 tour. God knows what year that was. Maybe I'd say... 06, 07, I was probably eight years old, roughly. Um, Travelled up from Clare with my dad. And uh, yeah, I would have listened to an awful lot of U2 growing up because my dad's a dub of that kind of vintage, mm-hmm. I guess. So um, yeah, he brought me brought me to that gig. And I remember everyone, everyone kind of laughing at me because I was so young, but I knew everywhere that I was going ballistic up in the stands. So I think that was the first one. That's a pretty cool one to go to and in such a huge venue as well. Yeah, it was. It was really cool. Um, I had no, I don't, I don't know if I'd even been in a stadium before that. So, I mean, yeah, I was, I was living the dream. I was really lucky, I suppose, that my dad, that my dad brought me. <laughs> he was making sure you were being introduced to music and good music. Exactly. Yeah, I definitely owe a lot to him. He's a massive music fan, and um, yeah, had me listen to all sorts from a really young age. Had you started music yourself at that point at all? I mean, at seven or eight, I was probably starting to sing a bit and stuff like that. I was always a bit of a Jack the Lad and an entertainer. And mm-hmm. um, any chance I got to kind of uh, perform for the family or whatever, I, I'd, I'd take it. So, um, yeah, I think I was probably learning piano at that age. Um, and I was probably like imitating my older sister who did a lot of musical theatre and stuff like that. So, yeah, I was getting into singing. And, then yeah. when did you kind of go from it being... I suppose a hobby or something you are enjoying to something a bit more professional. Yeah, well, I guess when I was I was learning like classical piano as a kid and I hated it. My parents okay. were like um, constantly trying to get me to practice. I wouldn't practice. I had no interests. I felt like homework. And then I still obviously love music. And I love big, you know, guitar bands and stuff like that. So then when I was, I think, 11 or 12, I finally went to my first guitar lesson and like within a week or two I was obsessed with the guitar was playing it for hours a day um and then I think kind of when I was in my first year of secondary school at the time like YouTube artists were a big thing you had like it was probably fresh off the back of even when like Justin Bieber was discovered on YouTube and there was a lot of people um it was a really big platform for sharing music um and I loved the idea of 
uh, posting on YouTube, but I was like really nervous. And then I was, I think it was one of my first like uh, music classes in secondary school. The teacher had me perform for my classmates and it went well. And then I've been thinking about posting like some covers on YouTube and I went home that night and I posted the first one. So uh, even as a young teenager, I actually had like a, a YouTube channel. It's all on private now, thank God for cringe purposes. <laughs> but um, I was I was covering pop songs and busking on Grafton Street. And then I suppose as, as I got a bit older, then I uh, wrote my own tunes and started the Oscar Blue thing at probably 17, 18. It must be quite nice, though. Obviously, we can't all look back, but for you to be able to look back at, at those early days when you were kind of starting out and seeing how it's it's changed or whether or not it has changed. Oh, 100%. It's gas. You can literally see my whole like evolution and, and me growing up across a few years on my <laughs> on my old videos. Um, so, yeah, it's really cool to look back. And I do I do share bits of them every now and again. <laughs> For the sake of kind of a walk down memory lane, I always love to share the old clips of me busking. I think they're so funny. Nice. Um, but yeah. Do you remember your own first gig? I am trying to, yeah, actually I do. Um, my first kind of proper music gig, because I've been in a couple of kind of like school musicals and stuff like that but I think when I was like 14 or 15 um, there was a Dublin band at the time that were really popular called the Original Rude Boys and they were going down to Limerick which is about 20 minutes from where I grew up uh, they were going down to play in Dolan's and they did a they did a matinee show and the afternoon before their main gig that night and I just plagued um, the concert promoters and the band and everything via email asking would they consider having me as an opening slot for kind of the all ages matinee show and uh, I was like massive massive fan at the time so it was so cool they uh, they got back to me and said yeah come on in and um, and open up the show I think I'd probably written one of my own songs at that stage and I did a few covers but uh, the lads were were so good to me and like they even, I think they brought me up on stage when they were doing their most popular song, Stars in My Eyes, at the end. So that was a real, as as a kid, you know, you're watching these guys on YouTube every night of the week and then you get to hop up on stage with them. That was a big kind of uh, catalyst for me and really lit a fire in me, I guess, to, to want to keep gigging and pursuing it. Yeah, I can imagine so. Like with something like that, and as you said, you're a fan of them as well, to be able to stand right beside them and go, God, I could, I could do this one day. Yeah, 100%. I think that's always been a thing for me is I've always really, really listened to a lot of Irish music. And I think it was just for the sake of being able to relate to the artists. You know, I loved listening to bands like Codeline, Hudson Taylor, uh, the original Rude Boys, particularly at that age. Um, they were all kind of at, at, at the heights of their careers as well. Um, and yeah, it was just always amazing to watch people that come from similar areas or, you know, that were, were Irish rise and grow even internationally. So, yeah, um, I've always been really inspired by that. And now you've just released your brand new single, Skeletons. Tell us a little bit about this single. Yeah, so, I mean, Skeletons, it's a song, I guess, about how us Irish people, we love to talk. We're great conversationalists. We love to chat. But maybe in the past, I think sometimes we fail to talk about the more difficult things, um, you know, for example, mental health issues or addiction or whatever it is. Um, and for me, I guess this song, I'm exploring the relationship I had as a child with someone close to me who struggled with addiction and probably resultantly mental health issues. And I suppose... Um, the Ireland I grew up in 15, 20 years ago, these things weren't talked about as much as they're talked about now. Um, 
And I guess it's only as I've gotten older, I've been able to relate to this person in new, uh, in a new kind of way with a deeper understanding. Um, so yeah, the song is kind of about that process and maybe um, that whole element of Irish society as well um, in a more overarching way. Is it important for you to be able to delve into these kinds of topics as well? Definitely. I definitely think so. Like there's, there's always something cathartic in, in songwriting and it really allows me to, I suppose, form like a, I don't know what the word is, like a concise kind of, um, to really make sense of something in my head in kind of a concise way and um, almost paint a picture of it lyrically, if, if you get me. Um, and it almost, yeah, for me personally, it just kind of maps out my own life, uh, things I've been through, things I've made sense of. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely think it's a process that's really important to me. And we were chatting about gigs there a second ago. You're heading off on tour as well. Yeah, so uh, next month I'm doing my first ever Irish tour. Um, I'm so excited for it. So I'm playing, I'm actually starting it off with a gig in London, so obviously not Ireland, but um, the gig in London is sold out, which is really exciting. And then I'm coming back a couple of days later and I'm doing Dolan's and Limerick. I'm doing... Uh, Winthrop Avenue in Cork, Laveries in Belfast, um, Spirit Store in Dundalk, and then we're kind of culminating the year with my biggest gig I've ever done actually in the Grand Social on October twenty seventh in Dublin. So, yeah, absolutely buzzing for that now. It should be it should be great. Have you already started preparing for it? We have, yeah, because um, I'm bringing my band with me. So, oh, yeah, we've already been rehearsing and we're, we're in rehearsals again next week, putting it all together. Um, lots of kind of new stuff I've never tried before for gigs. And, um, yeah, just trying to make it bigger and better, you know. Um, so I really, really can't wait. Where is the best place people can keep up to date with everything you're up to? Yeah, so I'd say... Best place is probably my Instagram. You just search Oscar Blue. Um, I've also got a website, oscarbluemusic.com. You can kind of log on there. There's a mailing list, sign up. Um, so you'll find me on all social media or my website, yeah. Excellent. Oscar Blue, thank you so much for chatting to us. Thanks, Emil Louise. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu dot com code GLOW.